This is Cruise Radio. I cruise a lot and I always sail with travel insurance. You should too. Get a free quote today at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thanks for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio, a review of Royal Caribbean's Navigator of the Seas. Here's a new one. Alaska is having a statewide internet outage right now, so Sherry Laskin will not be here with Cruise News. Stepping in will be staff writer Richard Sims. We'll get to him in just a couple of moments. I do want to mention before we start here, uh, so I was skiing in Salt Lake for a couple of days, and I came home with a broken bone, and one of those bones is prohibiting me from typing, so I'm pecking and using auto dictation to reply to emails. So if you have emailed me, and I know there are a lot of them, give me a little bit of time to reply. I only have one good hand and this cast will be on for six to eight weeks. So I have that going for me. All right, Richard Sims is here with Cruise News. Hey, Richard. Hey, Doug, thanks for having me. But um, I've got to ask, did you really break a bone or are you just kind of like taking the lazy way out so that you have extra time to reply to the slew of listener mail you got? Yeah, I tumbled down a mountain so I could avoid listener emails. Yeah, that's exactly what you, I did. You are, you, are you done making jokes now? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Let's do the news. Carnival Cruise Line is skipping some Western Caribbean ports. Yeah. So, you know, this is basically all going back to the coronavirus. Um, It's important to note that in both of the things we're about to talk about, there is no illness on the ship. There is no coronavirus. There's no anything. That's not why this is happening. What's happening is um, it started with Carnival Horizon. Carnival Horizon traded out three of the ports, Jamaica, Cozumel, and Grand Cayman, and instead ended up going to the Dominican Republic, Turks and Caicos, and Nassau. And then on Thursday, which would be today if you're listening to this live, uh, the Carnival Fascination decided to skip St. Lucia in favor of going to Dominica. Now, especially in this last case with the Fascination, it wasn't that the ship was turned away. It was that they're still hammering out their protocols and stuff on the island, and Carnival was afraid they were going to be turned away. So they kind of decided, you know what, rather than risk going there and kind of screwing up everybody's vacation because we have to sit in port, and then they decide they don't want us here and we have to go somewhere else anyway, let's just make the decision right now. We're not going to go there. We'll wait and see how they, you know, what what protocols they settle on and how they hammer this out, and instead we'll go to Dominica. I think that in the coming weeks, we're going to see a little bit more of this because all of the islands all all around, Eastern Caribbean, Western Caribbean, they're all developing their own protocols for what they'll accept, what they won't accept. You know, if somebody's sick on board, you know, what will they do? If there's nobody sick on board, how do they um, process the information? So for right now, you know, I think the best thing you can do on any itinerary really is to go into it with the sort of approach that your itinerary might see some changes to it, but hey, you're still on a cruise. In a couple of these cases, like MSC last week, the passenger had a had the flu. Do you think because these are the symptoms are so relatable, that could be the case? I think that's part of it. And I think it's I think part of it is just fear, you know, because let's face it, the Diamond Princess situation really I mean, look at the stocks, look at the look at the market, look at how the industry is taking a hit. Bookings are down, things like that. So Diamond Diamond Princess really kind of blackened the eye of the cruise industry. So these islands are looking at it and saying, no, I don't want you bringing your, you know, diseased passengers here, even though there is no actual sickness on the ship. So I think what we'll probably see 
is uh, I, I read something earlier that St. Lucia is looking at various testing methods, including there's a new one that I've seen used in a few places where they can sort of do thermal testing on large groups of people, almost the same way you do facial recognition as you're going through the port. We may see that be implemented so that they can pull people out of the crowd who are reading, you know, higher than they should on on a thermal scan, that kind of thing. It's a little, it's all a little up in the air. I think we're all trying to feel our way right now. And Royal Caribbean CEO said, this coronavirus stuff sucks. He did. It was great. So he put out a video that was, it was intended for travel agents and travel partners, the people who they work with to book their ships. And obviously those people are taking a really big hit right now. But his video was fantastic. Um, we've, we've posted it on the site, and I highly recommend going to watch it because while it is addressed to the travel agents, it really speaks to all of us, and not just in the sense of cruising, but as in as sort of the world situation we're in right now with coronavirus. He, he admits, he says, you know, listen, this is really bad, but we've been through bad stuff before. We as an industry and we as a people have been through really bad stuff before, and we'll come out it stronger than ever. You know, he looks ahead to the fact that they have new ships coming Coming, including Celebrity Apex, which debuts in April, and just sort of says, you know, hang on, hang on. It's like that that poster that little girls used to all have in their room that had the cat hanging on a tree limb saying, you know, hang in there, baby. <laughs> That's kind of what he's saying to everybody and, and just sending out the message that we'll get through this together. A cruise line was hacked and it exposed some personal and financial data. Not a good story. This is one of my nightmares. I'm such, I'm so afraid of you know, data hacking and things like that. Um, Princess Cruise Line sent out a memo basically to people. They, they also sent out a press release saying that back in May of 2019, some of their employees were hacked. It They didn't say exactly how the hack took place, but it sounded a lot like a phishing scam. We've all seen them. You know, you get an email that says it's from, say, Google or AOL and says, enter your information here. And then, of course, once you do, you've been hacked. So first of all, don't ever enter your information (laughs) unless you are 100% sure it's the site that you think it is. Anyway, because of that, um, several uh, of the people who work for the company had their emails hacked. And because of that, Um, Some customer information got out. They didn't say exactly how many people, but they did say that the information included, you know, everything you would basically give somebody when you're booking a cruise. So it might have your social security number, your credit card number, your address, stuff like that. As a result, they are reaching out to the people who were impacted, which I assume means the clients who uh, and passengers who found their whose names are on this list, and they're offering to pay for credit monitoring, that kind of thing, and they're saying it won't happen again. So, you know, it, keep your eyes open. If you get an email from from Princess Cruises, don't assume it's just like a you know a sale offer or something. Open it. Make sure that you're not one of the people on this list um, who had their information compromised. One thing I find interesting about this story, Richard, I've never had to give my social security number while booking a cruise. I never have either. Um, but that was one of the specific things they mentioned in the press release. Now, maybe what it is, is that when it comes to social security numbers, it was their staff, but they're just including everybody, you know, staff, passengers, and they're just listing all the different kinds of information that might have gotten out there. I appreciate the transparency, but why wait 10 months to say anything? That's what I don't get either. I mean, it happened in May and we're yeah. just now finding out about it. And I, I went online and, you know, sort of did the old, you know, turn to Uncle Google to see if was this something that back in May they talked about and I just somehow missed it. But I couldn't find anything indicating that they acknowledged this back when it happened. 
All right. And another cruise line is raising gratuities. Yeah, this time it's Norwegian Cruise Line. It's not a huge increase. It's um, fifty cents. Whether it's it's whether you're in a regular suite or a balcony or whatever, each rate is going up fifty cents, and that's not a huge amount when you think about it on the small level. But let's say you have four people in your room. That means your rate is going up two dollars per person per day across the board. So when you multiply that by how many people you have on a cruise ship, that's a lot of money coming in. You do have the opportunity to um, pay them off if you pay before uh, March 31st, because this goes into effect April 1st. So if you have something booked or if you're looking at booking something and you want to save a little money, pay off those gratuities so that you can lock in the previous price before they go up. Of course, the big question becomes, will others follow suit? It seems like every time one of them raises the rates, somebody else comes right behind them and does the same thing. So, you know, I'm a big believer that as soon as you book a cruise, you know, lock in those rates, anything you can lock in, lock in your drink package, lock in your, your uh, daily gratuity, lock in anything you can to prevent it from, from seeing a, a hike as you move toward the cruise date. Everyone was so excited last week when Sherry was talking about Scarlet Lady coming to New York City and giving people a chance to see the ship, but not so much anymore not. And let me tell you, I'm among those who is very disappointed. Not going to lie. So Virgin Voyages was supposed to come to town this weekend. And they at first it was just a showcase. They were going to have like media and VIP and, you know, whatever on board for Sunday night and Monday night. Then all of a sudden it expanded and they said that they were going to host a dinner on Saturday night at Razzle Dazzle and you could buy tickets for $60 a person. Then on top of that, they said the next morning, Sunday morning, before we board, you know, the, the media and the VIPs and everybody, Sunday morning, we're going to host a drag brunch, which is one of the big things on the ship. And that's going to be $50 a person. So, and, and these sold out really quickly. Then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, we got an email saying, you know what, um, it's not that there's any sickness and it's not that there's anything we're concerned about, but we've just decided that this isn't the time that we should be celebrating with everything going on. So instead, we're canceling all the events and we're going to go straight to Miami. So all of a sudden, just absolutely everything was canceled. And, you know, this is you know, I hate to use the word disaster, but it's sort of not great for them. Um, their, their rollout has not been going as good as you might mm-hmm. want. Um, they got some not so great reviews, uh, while they were over in Dover. And then all of a sudden, you know, when that happens and then the next big place you're supposed to go, you cancel immediately. The conspiracy theorists begin saying, Oh, it's because they know the New York media is going to rip them apart, you know, or there's just all these theories that you don't want floating around or, Oh, they're going to take this extra time and try and fix a few things before they get down to Florida and start doing paying cruises. We don't know. You know, all we know is that they said that they didn't think this was the right time to celebrate, which just doesn't seem like it holds a lot of water, but, For whatever reason, they have canceled, and there go my big plans for this weekend. Listener question comes from Sandy, which is where the incident happened on Sunday. Was she involved? (laughs) No, she was not. I don't even know Sandy, but she's she's from Provo, Utah. Um, I don't even know where that is. What kind of stock benefit would you get for a seven-night carnival cruise? Oh, that's a great question. Um, We've been talking a lot about stocks, um, especially like we've got some stuff on the website right now about why this is a good time to buy stocks because if you're watching the stock market all of the cruise stocks are way down like we're talking half and 
if you believe, as Richard Fain said in the in the video for Royal Caribbean, that the industry is going to come back and come back stronger than ever, then you know why not go ahead and buy? And one of the things a lot of people don't know is if you own a hundred shares or more of most stocks, this is true of Royal Caribbean. It's certainly true of Carnival. Um, if you own a hundred shares or more, you get what's called a shareholder benefit, and that benefit entitles you to onboard credit. The breakdown is this: so if you're in a sailing of six days or less, you get a $50 onboard credit. If you're doing a sailing of 7 to 13 days, you get a $100 credit. And if you're on a sailing of 14 days or longer, so like if you're on one of those um, Carnival Journeys sailings, you get $250 credit just for owning the stock that you already own. So that means for a seven-night cruise, you're going to get $100 uh, onboard credit automatically just by submitting the information that you need to submit to Carnival or to your travel agent if your travel agent can handle it for you. And I can speak from a personal experience. I'm doing a 16-night transatlantic cruise from New York to Dover. It's going to Greenland, Iceland, Scotland and Ireland, I think, and I'm getting a $250 shareholder credit. So that's kind of cool. That's just extra money. That sounds like an amazing cruise. And I'm doing the same thing. I'm going to Alaska uh, on the Carnival Spirit in August, and I get $100 for the for the cruise. So yeah, definitely worth it. Yeah. And at the time of recording, the stocks are in the, the uh, lower 30s. So hopefully it floors pretty soon and we start uh, seeing a rebound, making some money and getting some onboard credit. Everybody wins. Staff writer Richard Sims, thank you as always. And thanks for stepping in as Alaska goes through the great internet blackout. Always glad to. Hope she gets her internet back and you protect that arm. Oh, you're so funny. If you have an Amazon Alexa-enabled device, ask her to enable the Cruise Radio News skill so you can get daily updates anytime. Straight from Cruise Radio. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. When is your next cruise? Where are you going? And what are you going to do once you get there? Market-leading specialist CruisingExcursions.com offers savings up to 60% offshore excursions versus cruise line prices. Whether it's private, shared, scenic, historic, or family tours, CruisingExcursions.com has up to 12,000 excursions in over 700 ports worldwide, like Rome, Vatican City, St. Petersburg, in which we include the visas, Sydney, and Jamaica, just to name a few. You can even bundle your excursions for more savings. Make your next vacation affordable and unforgettable by visiting CruisingExcursions.com. Check out our blog, the video page, and interact at cruiseradio.net. James just returned from a three-night cruise aboard Royal Caribbean's Navigator of the Seas. It went to Perfect Day at Coco Cay in Nassau, Bahamas, out of Port Miami. He joins us on the line. Hey, bud. 
Hey, Doug. How you doing, buddy? Good, man. So you're out in the Midwest, right? Indiana. Yeah, okay. Can get. Yeah, absolutely. And you made your way down to Miami. But give me some pre-cruise thoughts. What made you want to take this three-nighter? Because that was a long way to travel. <laughs> well, it's a, a little bit of an in- interesting little story. So I was actually in Miami for a work meeting. And um, before I went to my work meeting, I talked to my wife about you know, hey, I'm already here. Why don't you fly down? We'll spend a couple of days just on the beach, just the two of us, have an adult weekend and hang out. I'm already here. No big deal. So when I got looking for hotels on Miami Beach, obviously they're very expensive. And I thought, hey, why don't we see if we can do a cruise? So I got looking and found the navigator that was leaving on that Friday, coming back on that Monday, um, about $300 cheaper than it was going to be to stay at a hotel on Miami Beach. So we decided to take a three-day cruise. So that's kind of how that, that happened there. And uh, since I was already there for work, all I had to do was just fly my wife down, and, and off we went. It's always amazing and wonderful when those kind of things happen, you know? You know, it is. And uh, when I was at my meeting and I was telling my coworkers, I'm like, yeah, I'm going on a cruise. They're like, seriously? <laughs> I'm like, you guys don't realize that the cost of the cruise, including all of our food and entertainment, was cheaper than going over to the hotel. Yeah. So – and they're like, I never realized it. I'm like, uh, you know, I'm a big cruise person, so take my word. We, we're going to cruise every chance we get. So Yeah, and it's it was been like, what, two months, so you had to get your fix. <laughs> yeah, we were on Mariner back in July. So, yeah, yeah you know, I, I couldn't be uh, – my hotel was the uh, Miami International Intercontinental. Mm-hmm. So my room looked right at the cruise port, and I couldn't imagine being there with knowing that I wasn't going to be able to get on a <laughs> ship. So uh, we're lucky that we were able to get on it, so – that's a good hotel, too. So yeah, you, nice. you make your way to Port Miami to Embark Navigator. How was the embarkation for this one? So we are usually the family that uh, on embarkation day that we're there as soon as they open the doors. Mm-hmm. Um, get on as quick as you can. Unfortunately, we didn't have that. I didn't have that luxury because my meeting didn't get over until about 1230 or 1 o'clock. So we just Ubered over from the Intercontinental over to the terminal. I think we got over there about 1.30. From the time we stepped out of the car the time we walked on the ship 15 minutes wow you know it's that it's that time of day where nobody's in the terminal at all yeah. um lucky enough too the royal caribbean does this priority boarding i don't know how you get it or why you get it sometimes it just pops up but we happen to get it this time so um of course we had done all of our pre-work on the app and when we got there they scanned our picture and away we went i mean literally 15 minutes from getting out of the uber to walking on the ship so Wow. And you make your way on board Navigator. What were your first impressions? Uh, Deja vu, basically, (laughs) from uh, two months prior being on the Mariner because, you know, they're sister ships. Um, You know, you you, you come in on, I think it's deck four, and then you go up to the promenade. Uh, It's a great ship. I mean, this class of ship was only the second time I've been on this class of ship since uh, the Mariner. And I just love it. It, It's it's just it's a great feel. It looks great. Um, It's got a lot of energy. Um, you know, the Royal Promenade, I, I, I think it's hard to beat that on any yeah. cruise line. Just overall, the ship is in good shape and uh, was ready for a, a quick, long weekend. So, Yeah, you make your way to your stateroom. What were your impressions and what kind of stateroom did you book? So that was another inter- inter- interesting. There, I had a lot of firsts on this cruise. So um, I had never booked a guaranteed room. There again, being a three-day, I just wanted to be as least inexpensive as possible. So I booked a guaranteed inside stateroom. And we normally don't do inside rooms because we like to have our balcony, but there again, three days cheap. Why not? Um, I didn't get my room assignment until the week prior to the ship, to the, to the set sale date. 
So I was a little like kept I kept looking and kept looking. Um, lucky enough, I we end up getting a promenade view room on deck seven. Um, so I was really pleased about that. It was midship. Uh, there again, we had never had this type of stateroom before. You open the door, um, you know, you, you got your, your full bed, the, the couch. And this is interesting because it has that window that kind of bows out into the Royal Promenade. And there's a little bit of a seating area there. So I actually really like that. Um, you know, kind of a lot of people watching there to watch down on the Royal Promenade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One thing that I was concerned about was, was going to be the noise because you know royal mm-hmm. caribbean's known for like their nighttime parties their 70s party their 80 party they're always playing loud music in the promenade i was really concerned about the noise level if that was going to make it, uh, have an effect on it and really those 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 rooms are really airtight and really had no issue with the music or the noise outside the window at all so really liked the room it was very comfortable had lots of storage i can't remember how many usbs but i carry a usb tower anyway so mm-hmm. it really doesn't make a difference um but for a three-day weekend, it was perfect. Do you think you'd book that category again? I would, yeah. yeah. Now, on a seven-day, some you know, I don't know because we like our balcony. Mm-hmm. But on a long weekend, three, four, even a five-day, yeah, I wouldn't mind it. It wasn't bad at all. Really enjoyed it, actually. Let's talk about the dining on this three-night cruise. And we'll start at the top at the Windjammer Marketplace. How was the buffet up there? Fortunately for for my family is we're not we're not – too big of foodies so it mm-hmm. we're we're pretty easy going uh we like the wind jammer the food's always good it's always fresh um you know for a three-day cruise that from what i understand was pretty well sold out uh really never a wait in the wind jammer for you know breakfast lunch or dinner always able to find a spot um the food was good i always felt something there was always something there to eat and you know a good variety so and how about the main dining room what time dining did you have i don't know because we didn't go to the main dining room okay well there you go fair enough it was <laughs> yeah, all we were, just buffet this cruise like I said it was a three-day and it was so we were so lax on it um we never went to the main dining room i had been in the suit all week long and really didn't want to dress up the rest of the week so that's why we pretty much ate um you know ate at the at the Windjammer, um local fresh Mm-hmm. was is their poolside taco bar i guess if you want to call it um which is fairly new the mariner didn't have it but the navigator does really really good you know tacos and burritos and nachos so that they had that on there really really like that ate that quite frequently for the three days um and that's that's about the the gist of our food that we had el loco fresh is that mm-hmm. complimentary it is, and they have, you know, like I said, you go over there, they have pre-made tacos or pre-made burritos, um, mm-hmm. you know, chicken and beef, and then they'll make uh, some fajitas if you want, um, or fresh tacos, and then, of course, they have all the fixings for your nachos, you know, lettuce, cheese, guacamole, all the good stuff, and it's, yeah, it's it's complimentary, and it's really good, and, and I think, if I remember correctly, they, they make their uh, soft-shell tacos fresh. Okay. Does Navigator so. have the, what is it, the, the lime and coconut bar? They do. That was... One thing I thought was really neat about this ship on the pool deck area, so they have the lime and coconut bar, which is two levels. Um, the the decorations around the pool deck seem like they all circle around lime and coconut. So it's a lot of very bright Caribbean colors, bright green, bright limes and oranges. And there's a lot of seating around the lime and coconut bar. Like I said, it's two kind of a tiered deck almost. Mm-hmm. And even up on the very top of the bar, there's a sitting area all the way at the very top. So 
we spent a lot of time there the much as we could we didn't have the best of weather so we spent a lot of time there and then also around the pool they have these uh, cabanas or santas or whatever you want to call them that had some chairs that had a you know a full roof over the top that was bright orange and green best thing they did with those also is they put usb plugs inside there so oh. and those were all complimentary you get them when you get them type of thing so in kind of doing a comparison to the mariner i liked the navigator pool deck much better yeah, um, sounds like it. The way the pool was, the both the pools and the decorations and the ambiance of it, it really give you gives you that. Hey, I'm on a cruise. I'm in the and, and I'm in the Caribbean. So, really, really like the pool deck. Let's talk about the entertainment on this three night mm-hmm. cruise. What did you think of it? I I personally think uh, Royal Caribbean does a great job with the entertainment. Um, the first show we went to was their ice show, and unfortunately, I can't remember the name of it. But the ice show started off with a drone show. Um, and I don't know if you've been on a Royal Caribbean ship where you have seen where they do the drones above mm-hmm. the ice. It's amazing. I mean, for a space of this size and to have 200 drones flying in the air above the ice and making, you know, formats and formations, it's just amazing. I, I just shocked. Um, the ice show, we, we love all the Royal Caribbean ice shows. I think they're just amazing. Those, those skaters are just unbelievable. Uh, so we love the ice show. Um, one thing that we got to do quite a bit different, uh, on this than we have in cruises past for one, we didn't have our daughter with us. And the second one, we had horrible weather. So we got to spend a lot more time inside and do a lot more of the entertainment. So we went to the comedy show, both the adult and the, uh, and the kid friendly, uh, his name was Kiwi. I can't remember what his last name is, but Kiwi, he was great. He was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, their production show. It was a musical. It was a production show. It was all right. It wasn't mm-hmm. too bad. Um, but then all the other entertainment around the ship, you know, uh, went to the bars with, um, they had a guy, Not it's not a piano bar, but he just kind of plays music and just kind of talks as he plays and plays songs about whatever he's thinking about. So, um, and went to a lot of the trivia too. So I, I, I think, you know, Royal Caribbean does a great job with their entertainment um, and their activities around the ship. Enough to keep you busy throughout the day. You know, when they're flying 200 drones during that ice show, that just blows my mind because I can't fly my drone in an open <laughs> field without getting it hung up in a tree. So to, right. to pull off 200 yeah. in sync like that is just so freaking cool. So let's talk about oh, yeah. sea days. Um, how was the ship as far as crowds and congestion? Well, this, like I said, this was interesting because um, we skirted right next to uh, Tropical Storm Karen the entire time. Mm-hmm. So from the day we left Miami till the day we got back to Miami, we never saw the sun. Ah. <laughs> we had liquid sunshine for, for <sighs> three days. So the pool deck, we, we, we love sitting by the pool. We never got a chance to sit by the pool because it was raining the entire time. So this is a, a great was was a great opportunity to to see this, with everybody being inside in covered areas. Like I said, the ship being from what we understand almost sold out. Um, never had a problem finding any place to sit around the pool deck, even out of the rain. Um, we found a uh, what are they like a little bed thing in the in the solarium one morning mm-hmm. or one mid morning, and we sat there for a long time. Um, the promenade there again with everybody being inside trying to find stuff today to do. It just, it never felt busy. It never felt crowded to me. I mean, I don't know where everybody was, <laughs> but it just, it just, it flows really, really well. Even 
you know, when it was time to go eat lunch or just to go eat because you had nothing else to do. There was, it was never crowded, never crowded, just really enjoyed the time on the ship, um, was able to move around with no problems whatsoever. So if, if the sun would have been out and would have been able to sit by the pool, I think it'd have been even better because you, you know, would have moved people around even more. But since everybody was on the inside spaces, it, it moved around, it, it flowed great. Isn't that awesome how on cruises we just kind of get bored so we go eat somewhere? <laughs> Whereas, like, I could right. be in my studio and be bored, and I wouldn't even think about eating. But no. on, on a ship and I'm bored, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the buffet or grab some pizza or a burger yeah. or something. Why right, not, right? right? <laughs> yeah. Or walk by lo- local fresh and grab a taco just Ab- because. Yeah, right. <laughs> absolutely. How, how was the casino situation as far as smoke in or around it? Well, there again, because I didn't have our daughter with us this time, we actually went to the casino. We never do. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went to the casino and played a little bit of slots. Um, it wasn't bad. Uh, I, you know, with the you know new laws of all the non-smoking inside, and when you finally go someplace that does have smoking, you you, you realize what you've missed all this time. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I didn't have that feeling. I mean, you could smell it a little bit, but it wasn't overpowering enough that we didn't stay. I mean, we were in the casino for. Oh, probably about an hour playing from slots and um, didn't come out smelling like smoke or felt like I'd been in the smoking area. So but not bad at all. All right. And on this cruise, you had two ports of call. You went to Perfect Day at Coco Cay and Nassau, Bahamas. Now, we talked about Coco a couple of months ago when we had you on this show, but uh, you probably had a little different situation this time with the liquid sunshine. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, Perfect Day, uh, it was almost perfect. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was... Uh, there again, we get off the ship. It was it was cloudy. Um, hadn't started raining quite yet, but it was breezy. Um, we went over to the Oasis Lagoon, as seems to be our, our favorite spot from when we were there the last time back in July. Um, it rained on and off, but you know, there again, you're on vacation. You're at this perfect island. You just kind of make it is you know make it you know what it is. We swam in the pool. We had a few drinks. We a couple times had to hunker down but under a couple umbrellas because it rained extremely hard to the fact where my shoes even filled up with water. Oh, okay. <laughs> but uh, but for the most part, I mean, it's still an amazing island. Uh, the 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 buffet on the on the island uh, has a huge variety of food. Um, the Oasis Lagoon is just beautiful. It's amazing. Uh, even with the rain, the DJ was still playing music and people were still having a good time. So. Uh, you know, it it was almost perfect. If the sun would have sh- been shining, it would have been perfect. And it's still, I think, our favorite stop of of all the islands we've ever been to. It's still our favorite stop. E- even during the rain, there's a lot to do and still just have a lot of fun on the island. So, Since the island is fairly new, did you notice anything new this time that wasn't there maybe last time? Um, there is some construction going on because they're, I guess, in phase two with the beach club. Mm-hmm. So where the floating bar was the last time they have moved that to a different spot. So that side of the beach, you can't go to, um, they've got the construction wall up. Um, but outside of that, the stuff that was open the last time there is still there and, um, nothing, nothing else has been added. Okay. And talk to us about Nassau. Well, Nassau, we got off the ship just briefly. Uh, I had an assignment from my dad to go to a shop over there and find him some cologne that they didn't have. Mm-hmm. So we got off the sh- got off the ship and walked over. One thing that I that that I, I did want to mention is when we got off in Nassau, there was um, I don't know which military it was, um, but they had a uh, ship there and they were unloading cases and cases and cases of of food. So. Um, 
you know, and from what I understand, that was from all the people that were displaced from Freeport. So it was good to see that. Um, didn't spend any time there. There again, it was, this was the hardest rain we'd had, um, of the two days. It, it pretty much poured all day long there. So, uh, that was the day that we found our, our, that little bed in the, uh, solarium and pretty much stayed there for most of the day. So, you know, just a result relaxing. And I, and I think most people did that, uh, just because it was, uh, a, a pretty much a downpour all day. So I don't, I really think too many people got off the ship and I think most, uh, probably most excursions were probably canceled because of the rain. So was there other ships in port with you that day? There were, there were four other ships sitting there. Okay. Yeah. So you make your way back to port Miami. How was debarkation? So here's a little story for you, a little tip for you. So one of the biggest things that anybody ever cruises, um, and I've heard you talk about before, as far as tips, the do's and do nots is what time do I book my flight? My daughter plays soccer. So she had a soccer game on that day that we got back. So we want to try to get back for, for her game. So believe it or not, I booked a 10 a.m. flight out of Miami. Okay. (laughs) I was a little nervous about this. I thought, I told my wife, I said, everything has to go without a hitch here for us to make that 10 a.m. flight out of Miami International. I know it's not that far, but it's Miami International. It's getting off a ship. So we did self-assist. We got down in the self-assist line about a quarter till seven. They started letting people off at seven. From the time we left the ship to the time that we got to our gate at Miami, Miami International, actually at our gate, we were at our gate by quarter after eight. <laughs> wow. Okay. By quarter after eight. I mean, I was, even myself, I told my wife, I said, I am extremely shocked that this even happened. So we went through the self assist. They have that con- uh, con- contactless. Mm-hmm. Um, system that they use there. We walked up, lady with an iPad scanned her face and said, "Bloop, you're good." And out the door we went. Um, an Uber was sitting there, and we were off to the airport. And at the airport by eight o'clock. I will say I don't recommend this. That I mean, there's so much that could go wrong with that. We got very lucky, but I was extremely shocked that we were sitting at our gate by eight fifteen. No, that's really good to hear because I literally an hour ago just booked a flight here from Miami to Jacksonville on the 10.55 a.m. flight on American Eagle because, long story short, I, I'm super claustrophobic, so mm-hmm. I like to fly in the um, the smaller jets where there's one aisle and then two seats, so you have yeah. like a higher probability of getting an aisle seat. So I booked it at 10.55, and I was actually asking people what they thought of it. Mixed bag, some say don't, some say do it, but... I figure, I mean, it's worth a shot. It's like like you just said, you were at the airport by 8 o'clock, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting off the ship from the from the time that they started rolling with the, the line started moving, uh, we started off in the, in the main dining room. From there to the curb, six minutes. Yeah, okay. I mean, literally just walked off, and Royal Caribbean does that. They scan with the iPad, and away we went. So I it was it was amazing. Um and, you know, when we got off the ship in, in, in July on Mariner 2, it was it was just as easy then, too. So, you know, we don't cruise too many other other cruise lines. Um, so I don't know if everybody else is the same, but Royal Caribbean's got that, especially Miami. They have that down pat. Let's hope Norwegian Cruise Line does, too, <laughs> <laughs> yes, for, so. for my sake. Uh, so looking back on this cruise, do you have any tips to offer anyone either going to Perfect Day or Sailing Navigator of the Seas? Uh, if you go on Navigator Seas, there's there's a lot to do. They have, uh, you know, the, their pool deck has all the new water slides. 
one to try them, but one was down one day. Um, definitely try out the water slides. Uh, don't miss the ice show um, on any Royal Caribbean ship. Um, Mariner has, or sorry, not Mariner. Navigator has a lot to offer. A lot of different food venues. A lot of quick service stuff. Um, and just you know, if you if you hit bad weather, take it for what it is and just enjoy it because it's there's a lot on the ship that you can do. Perfect day. I still stay to what I've said before in the past. Perfect day is absolutely perfect. Whether rain or shine, it just can't get any better than than that spot right there. So, what was the biggest highlight of this cruise for you? You know, I think the biggest highlight was really having three days with my wife that we haven't had to do in a long, haven't had a chance to do in a long time, mm-hmm. and seeing seeing the navigator and being on a new ship. Like I said, whether rain or shine, um, I think just the the three days of us to be able to do adult stuff for mm-hmm. the first time in a long time was was the most fun I think we've had along in a long time. And final thoughts of Navigator of the Seas. You know, for an older ship, um, I know it's been renovated here recently. It is a great ship. I know they're doing three and four day cruises. It is definitely worth a three or four day trip because uh, there's so much, so much to do it. And, and it's just, it's a beautiful ship. I just think it's a beautiful ship. And I think that class of ship, um, if you don't want a Oasis class or if you don't want something smaller, I think this class of ship is right in the middle and it's perfect for anybody's taste or what they're looking, you know, looking for. So now I think it's a, it's a wonderful ship. Wouldn't miss it. And it sounds like it's cheaper on a three night cruise on Navigator than uh, a hotel in downtown Miami. <laughs> Much cheaper, yeah. about, about $200 cheaper than hotels. Right? Yeah. Very so nice. Definitely do that. We've been talking with James about his three-night cruise aboard Royal Caribbean's Navigator of the Seas. James, as always, my friend, it's great talking to you, and thanks so much for stopping by. Thanks, guy. Have a great one. All right, Dougie, let's see what we got for you, buddy. Cruise Radio is produced at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Get cruise news, ship reviews, and money-saving tips every Thursday on Cruise Radio. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show. If you want to help spread the word, give Cruise Radio a five-star review. Find Cruise Radio where you listen to your favorite podcast or online at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.